So, in honor of 4th of July, I was um, perusing YouTube, which is always a, a dangerous thing, and I was looking up firework fail videos, and, um, and, and so th- that's how we're opening today, is I'm going to just let you join in with my joy as I was watching a video. Um, it, just take this, take it out, it's amazing. I mean, this looks safe, right? Yeah, no big deal. I love the person filming it, who's like, oh, <laughs> what an idiot. Like, okay, you're going to stand on top of this barrel and put some sort of firework, I, I don't know, some sort of bomb underneath him, and, and the little, I love the, the delayed reactions, like, and everyone's like, oh, it didn't go off, and then he's like, ah, boom. Like, that, that is 4th of July in a nutshell, in most of our minds. Um, but as I was watching this video and, and others, it got me thinking about the fact that we, as a generation, like, desperately need wisdom. Because we do a lot of dumb things, right? Like, that, 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 is, that is just the tip of the iceberg in the dumb things that we do. I mean, I do dumb things all the time. Just ask my wife. Lindsay, you're in the back there. Do I do, I do dumb things? Yeah, every day. Yeah, she said preach. Hey, hey man, can I get a hallelujah? That's my wife. Uh, I do dumb things all the time. Like, I'm, I'm the guy that set the dumpster on fire. Can, can we, we just look? John, can we take a look at, at this beautiful masterpiece that I did? Like, I mean, that's just, it's incredible. I, no words can describe how amazing that masterpiece is. That was, that was depressing. But that was me. That, that's, that's like the, the prototypical dumb thing that I do. I do dumb things all the time. I desperately need wisdom. And so as I was thinking about what I was going to be preaching on the 4th of July and, and my recent history of events led me to believe that like, we, we need to hear some, some more about wisdom. And I know that wisdom can kind of sound uh, super boring like, as we, we jump into this, you can be like, oh, wisdom, what are we in school right now? Like, we're just going to learn some, some do's and don'ts. That, that's not what wisdom is about. Uh, in fact, let's look at the definition of wisdom. Definition is the quality of having experience, knowledge, and good judgment. And it's the keen insight into life and sound ways of dealing with its problems. It's a super practical thing because, like, we all have problems. How many of you guys have problems? If you're not raising your hand, one of your problems is that you're a liar. We all have problems, and we all need wisdom. Like, like who's, who's facing a hard decision in here this morning? Maybe, maybe this summer leading up to it. Like, I'm facing some hard decisions that I desperately need some wisdom on. And so we all have um, have a desperate need for wisdom. And you know, the world is longing for wisdom. Like, you just think about the, the self-help industry. Like, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's like, like the self-help industry is, um, is like all of the learn how to be a better person, learn how to, be, to do better things. Like, there's all these self-help books out there. It's a $10 billion a year industry just in the United States alone. Like, people all around the world are, are longing for 
wisdom. They're longing to know how to do things right, how to be, be better, how to be uh, more prepared. Like we, we all desperately want wisdom. It's, it's because we all want to be happy. Like, like we all want to make good decisions that will make us happy. We all want to, to grow ourselves in ways that will make us more happy. And so we're all searching for wisdom. How many of you guys want to be happy in here? Yeah. Every single one of us. Like, yeah, Taylor, you're right. We're all raising two hands in here because we want to be happy. That's, that is like we're, we're designed to be happy. We're designed to, to pursue happiness, but we're designed to find that happiness in the only one that will satisfy us, which is Jesus. And we'll get into that later. But Proverbs 3.13, it says, Happy is the person who finds wisdom, the one who gains understanding. And so the Bible here is telling us that if we want to be happy, then man, we should, we should pursue wisdom. We should find wisdom because it, it will make us happy. Now, the world is doing the same thing. They're, they're pursuing wisdom. They're trying to, to make themselves happy, and they do it through all sorts of different avenues. Like, they'll, they'll listen to celebrity interviews, like their celebrity interviews in magazines, on, on YouTube, on television, like it's a, a huge thing. They, they tell you the world will say, hey, just go to your forums, go to your social media, ask other people what it is that, that will make you happy, how, how to handle different situations, how to, how to be better in life. The world is telling us all these different things, and then we, we already saw all of these self-help books like, $10 billion a year we as Americans are spending on being better people, on being wiser people, on being more prepared, more successful in our lives. Like We are desperate as a people for wisdom. So the world will tell you that those are all the avenues and, and, and a thousand more that you need to, to seek out to, to find true wisdom but ultimately, isn't the best wisdom found in the one who made everything? Like, if we're seeking wisdom, we could go to the smartest person in the world, like the, the most brilliant mind in the world, who, who's the greatest philosopher and the greatest scientist and the greatest uh, in arts and, and everything, and how much knowledge do they have? Maybe like one one trillionth of all the information that's in the universe, that's probably way underestimating it. Like the smartest person in the world is an idiot compared to God. Do you realize that? Like the, the smartest, most brilliant people in the world that we look up to have no understanding, no knowledge, no wisdom compared to the one who made it all. The one that, that speaks a word and billions of galaxies come into existence. And all of them formed with, with their proper gravitational pull and their proper, proper mass and orbit. Like, man, this, this God that we see in the Bible is so far beyond our understanding. He is so wise, so knowledgeable. Like, he, he knows literally everything. 100% of, of the universe, this God that we serve knows. And so we should probably go to ask him before, before we're um, looking to Robert Downey Jr., Iron Man, for, for wisdom on how to handle our problems. Like, 
Like, we should probably go to God before Iron Man. Just, just throwing that out there. Proverbs 4, 7, God tells us to seek after wisdom. It says, getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And though it costs you all that you have, get understanding. And I love that. God, God says, man, though it costs you everything, get wisdom. Get wisdom. And this is not God saying, though it costs you all you have, go to, to college and get a, a PhD and a master's degree. Like God's not talking about necessarily that kind of wisdom. Education is great, but the wisdom that God is talking about is all throughout scriptures. The, the wisest thing that you can do is study scriptures. Why should we listen to, to what the Bible has to say? Why should we listen to the book of Proverbs? Because we're going to be doing a little mini-series in Proverbs. Well, because Proverbs was written by the wisest man who ever lived. How many of you guys are familiar with King Solomon? So King David was Solomon's father. David, the same guy that killed Goliath, that, that guy married Bathsheba through like this crazy murder, adultery thing, and God redeemed it, which, by the way, is incredible, like the grace of God to redeem this and then make the wisest king who ever lived. Um, and so Solomon came from that bloodline. Solomon becomes king after David dies, and God comes to Solomon in a dream and says, Solomon, I want you to ask me for whatever you want. Like, whatever your heart desires, ask me for it, and I'll give it to you. Because the day before, Solomon had given this extravagant offering, this extravagant sacrifice to the Lord. So God says, Solomon, whatever you want, ask me, and I will give it to you. Solomon could have asked for great wealth, great success, great fame. That's not what Solomon asked for. Solomon says, God, I have literally no idea what I'm doing. Like, I'm just, I'm a young man leading the most powerful nation in the world. God, I have no idea what I'm doing. Lord, give me wisdom. I, I so need your wisdom, God. And God comes to him and says, Great choice. You have chosen wisely, Solomon. It says, I will give you what you've asked for. I will give you a wise and understanding heart such as no one else has ever had or will ever have. It means God's telling Solomon right there, I will make you the wisest person in history. So still to this day, Solomon stands as the wisest person to have ever lived, apart from Jesus, because Jesus is God, and God knows everything. So God tells Solomon, I'll, I'll give you all the wisdom that you need, and you'll be the wisest person that, you lived, that, that ever lived. And so out of that, Solomon writes the book of Proverbs, which is a book just chock full of wisdom and practical uh, life application. So we're just gonna we're gonna spend a, a few weeks here in Proverbs, hoping to gain some wisdom for our lives to maybe save us from uh, setting dumpsters on fire or blowing ourselves up with fireworks or making bad relationship decisions, bad financial decisions, bad spiritual decisions that end up hurting us in the long run. So let's jump in Proverbs. Chapter 1, verse 1, 
We'll just read it first and then we'll go through it. These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. And their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. And their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in these Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. How many of you guys want to be successful in life? You want to have successful family life? You want to have a successful marriage one day, successful parenting, successful jobs. Like We all want to be successful. How many of you guys want to be more self-disciplined in your life? And I do. I need to be more disciplined. It tells us right here in verse 3. It says, the purpose of these Proverbs is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. So we've been given these Proverbs, we've been given this book of wisdom so that we can learn, man, how to be self-disciplined, how to to be successful in all these different areas. Like the the number of different issues that Proverbs goes over is astounding. Like it it covers so many different aspects of life that that if we will just study them, we will will grow in our maturity and our understanding of how to to handle these, these tough problems in our lives well. And Proverbs has been key in me overcoming many, many problems in my life and, and continuing to overcome them. But like I, I think about like my, my struggle with laziness. Like I, I struggle, my wife will attest to this, I struggle with laziness. I really enjoy sleep. I really enjoy the couch. I, I really enjoy doing lazy things. Like that, that brings me temporary happiness and it always comes back to bite me. But man, Proverbs 12, 24, it says, work hard and become a leader, be lazy and become a slave. I remember reading that years ago and I was like, oh my gosh, this, this laziness that, that I, have, I have accepted in my life that I'm, I've become okay with, it's making me a slave. And I, I don't want to be a slave. I, I want to be a leader. Like I, I want to lead people well and I want to, to stand out man, I, I should start working hard. And, and God began developing in me a greater and greater work ethic. Not because I was able to change myself, but because of the truth of Scripture. One other thing that, that Proverbs has helped me to uh, overcome is my problem with lust. Like, I had a, a long-standing addiction to pornography that, that I was just totally okay with in my life. And it wasn't until I started really diving into Scripture and, and falling in love with Scripture that, that I was able to experience freedom in that. Proverbs 7.23 was one of these key verses. It says, man, it's talking about this man who's about to go commit adultery. He's about to lust. And it says, this man was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. I remember reading that, and I was like, oh my gosh. Like, this, this lust that I'm giving into, it's going to cost me my life. 
Like, this has consequences. This isn't just a a temporary thing. No, this thing has pervasive consequences that it's going to cost me my life. And those are just a couple of examples of the, the power in the truth of God's word here in the Proverbs. The list goes on and on. Like, the Proverbs have been so key in my life, and I love them. My, my wife will literally, every single day, she'll read a proverb of the day to our kids. And they're five, four, and one and a half, and so they don't understand everything, but like, they'll even they'll tell you. Like Layla especially has memorized a lot of the Proverbs just because she reads them every day. And so one practical thing that you can do is the same thing. Just read a proverb a day. Just one proverb. It takes like five minutes. And the, the wisdom that you'll grow in from that is astounding. Let's go back to the verse. Starting in verse 2. Man, the, the, the power of the Proverbs is, is amazing. It says their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline. To give them understanding to help them live disciplined, successful lives, to make them even wiser, to receive guidance. Like, there's so many good things found in here. But then it says, okay, the question becomes, how do we gain this wisdom? Like, how how do we understand this wisdom? It clearly says in verse 6, had to find my verse, how do we gain this wisdom? It's by exploring the meaning in these proverbs and parables. So how do we how do we actually like internalize what we're reading here? Well, it's by exploring what what does this actually mean? Not just reading it over at face value, but but digging into it, being like a like a detective. Okay, what does this mean? Why does this say this? Why does this word relate to this word and how does this word relate to the one that was before it? Like it's really digging into God's word, because every single word in scripture has power and meaning if we will just search it out, find it out. So how do we gain wisdom? We have to explore the meaning. So we're going to do that here today with the foundational verse in all of Proverbs, which is verse 7. It says, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom, and discipline. Man, the foundation of true knowledge is the fear of the Lord. So we're going to dig into the meaning of this a little bit here today, kind of as an example. What is the fear of the Lord? Like It, it kind of is this, this weird, um, strange term, uh, especially in our day and age, like fear is so associated with like horror movies and, and, and terrorist attacks. And like, okay, are we supposed to fear the Lord like that? Is that what God's saying? No. So we're going to explore what does that actually mean. One of the best ways to explore the meaning of, of something in, in Scripture is to let Scripture interpret Scripture. And so, uh, so let's look at all of the Bible and find out, okay, what is this really mean here. And so one example of how we can do that is looking at Exodus 20, 20. It says, don't be afraid, Moses answered them, for God has come in this way to test you so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. I was reading that and I was like, that's so strange. God is communicating in kind of a confusing way through Moses here. It says, hey, don't be afraid, guys. 
but continue in this fear. It's like, what? I, I don't understand. Are we supposed to be afraid or are we not supposed to be afraid? Like, Moses, you're really confusing me here. He says, don't be afraid. God has come to test you so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. So it seems like these two different types of fear. Like, there's a, there's a healthy, good fear, and there's an unhealthy, bad fear. Let's continue to look at, at a verse. In 1 John, it talks all about how God is love. And then a couple verses down, it says, and perfect love cast out fear. So God is love, and perfect love cast out fear. God is the perfect love, and so God casts out fear. When we know his love, when we, we know God, fear is cast out from our lives. And so it, there, there has to be some explanation of, of what is this fear look like? What is the good fear, and what is the bad fear? 365 times in the Bible, God tells us, don't be afraid. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. Like over and over and over again, God is telling us not to fear. So clearly, it's not that kind of fear, but there's a different type of fear. Because it says that the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true wisdom. Well, there's, I think, probably two main types of fear. There's a, a, a cowering fear, and then there's a, a reverent, like awe-inspired fear. So w- what is the difference between the two? Well, I, I think about uh, my kids. So I have three little ninos. Look at those little ninos. They're so cute. I love them so much. I have three kids. I think about the difference between cowering fear and, and reverent fear with my kids. When I come home from work, if I open the door and all my kids are standing there in the living room and they look at me and they do this, ah! and they run off and hide and they throw the blankets over their heads and they're like, Daddy's home, no! Why is Daddy home? Please, no! Like, Man, that would break my heart. That is not the type of fear that is a healthy fear. That's not the type of fear that God wants us to have of him. The healthy type of fear is whenever I tell my son not to to run in the street, he looks at me and says, okay, daddy, I will obey you. Because he knows that there are consequences if he disobeys me. And why, why do I give him consequences? Well, because I love him. I have to teach him over and over and over again, Mark, don't run in the street. Mark, don't hit your family. Mark, don't kick the dog. Mark, don't do a front flip and break your neck off the house. Mark, don't put your finger in the light socket. Like, like I have to over and over again correct him and discipline him so that he has a, a healthy fear of me, so that it'll keep him from, from harm, and so that we can have a right relationship, so we can have a, a good relationship. When I tell my son to do something, and he responds by saying, yes, daddy, yes, I, w- I would love to do that. Like, that, that makes my heart so happy. 
Not because I'm the boss and I get to do what I want to do and he has to do everything that I say, but because then we have, we have a, a right relationship. That's how the, the parent-child relationship is. And in the same, same way with God, when we are in Christ, there is no place for a cowering fear. Like, we're not supposed to be deathly afraid of Jesus. Like, that, that is not how uh, God wants us to view him when we are in him. Now, before we are in Christ, if, if we are not in Christ, there is a place for that kind of cowering fear from God's wrath and his, his judgment because it is coming against those who are not in Jesus. It says clearly in the Bible over and over again that, that God's wrath is coming against sin. But in Jesus... Jesus saved us from that wrath so that we don't have to take part in it. We get to enjoy all the, the pleasure, all the joy of heaven because of Christ. And so for those of us in Jesus, we, we don't have to be under this cowering fear of God. We get to live in this reverent fear of the Lord, this, this awe, this respect of God. Reverent fear with my kids, honors me. Reverent fear of God honors him. And so if God is calling us to fear him, what does that, that practically look like in our lives? Well, if we fear God, if we are people who fear God, then, then we obey him. Like when God tells us to do something, then even if we don't understand it, because a lot of times we don't, even if we don't understand it, or even if we disagree with it, we'll say, man, God, I, I, I trust you more than I trust myself, more than I trust what the world is saying. God, I, I trust you. I want to obey you. And we obey him. How are you doing with obeying God in your life? Is there any area of your life that God is calling you to obey him in that, that you're not being obedient in, that you're not walking out, that you're not following. Just think about it. If there is, grab your card and pen and, and write it down. Just keep it in your mind. We all have areas in our lives that we're not obeying God because we're broken, fallen humans. That's why we need Jesus to help us, to save us. So if we fear God, we obey him. If we fear God, then we, we trust him. Like when God says to do something, we trust that, that it's for our good. And when God gives us promises for, for hope, for our future, then we, we trust that, that he's uh, going to carry it out, that he's faithful. And so is there any uh, promise of God's or anything that you're not trusting him to do, that, that he has said he was going to do, that you're like, hey God, I don't know if you can do that. I have areas in my life that I need to trust God more in. If there is, just, just write it down. Keep it in your mind. If we fear God, then we'll, we'll honor him. We'll honor him in, in so many different ways, but it means we'll, we'll spend time with him. When, when it comes time to, to worship him, whether it's in the car or whether it's here at church, then we're, we're going to want to bring him honor by the way that we worship him. Hopefully worshiping him more than we worship uh, the, the Texans winning the Super Bowl or our favorite concert. We want to give God 
more honor, more glory than we give anything else in our own lives, including ourselves. And when we, when we fear God, it will become evident in the things that we do and, and how we obey Him, how we trust Him, how we worship Him, how we honor Him. The decisions that we make will be different when we fear God. And so why is the foundation of the Lord the beginning of wisdom? Well, it, it's a thousand reasons, but at its core, man, that's what we were created for. I don't know if you know this or not, but we were created to know God. Like that, that is our purpose in life. That is our, our main purpose in life. If you're searching through life and you're like, man, I don't know what my purpose is. What am I here for? Why, why am I on this earth? Why am I on this planet? Why am I in this school at this time? Why wasn't I born in the 1600s so I could be on a pirate ship? If you're wondering what your purpose is in life, I got great news for you. I have found it. It is to fear the Lord, to know your God, to trust him, to obey him, to worship him, to let him speak into your life. That is our purpose in life. We're created to know God. We're created to love God, to obey him, to be close to him. So the foundation of true wisdom it's fearing the Lord. It's knowing the Lord. It's being close to the Lord. And once you properly view God in your life, once we all properly have a, a right view of God, everything else in our life makes sense. Like once that, that puzzle piece falls into place, it's like it opens the door to everything else. You're like, oh my gosh, it all makes sense now. I understand. I love this quote by Augustine. It says, God, you've made us for yourself, and our heart is restless until it finds rest in you. You have made us for yourself, O oh Lord, and our heart is restless until it finds its rest in you. And so the foundation of wisdom is, is knowing the Lord, it's fearing the Lord, because our hearts are just restless apart from him. Because that is what we were created for. That is what we were made for, was to know this God, to worship this God. You think back to the Garden of Eden. God set this world up for us to be face-to-face -face with him and in perfect relationship with him. When we know God, everything else makes sense. Our hearts are restless until they find our rest in him. It makes me think about... Like a, a, just a dirty, nasty zoo. Think about like in, I don't know, in China or in, in some place. Uh, sorry, China, for throwing you under the bus, but I've heard you have nasty zoos. So you think about, oh, look at this sad bear. Isn't that sad? Like we can just like, as a, as a group, just, oh, that's a sad bear. Was that bear designed to live in a concrete pad? No, no way. That bear was, was designed to, to, be, to be free in the mountains, to climb trees and to chase little fishies. Like, like the bear is designed to sit on its butt in the mountains like that, smiling at salmon as he eats them. Like, like just let's keep zooming in. Like, this is the happiest bear you've ever seen. 
Look at that bear. Is that a happy bear? That's a happy bear. That's my kind of bear. I want to be friends with that bear. Have you ever seen, just side note, have you ever seen people that have bear pets? So one of my goals in life is to have a grizzly bear as a pet. I know it's dumb, but I want to ride a bear one day. That bear is happy. Why? Because he is in his element. He is home. He has, he has real joy because he is in nature where, where he was designed to be. The bear in the zoo, man, that, that is a depressed bear. And it's sad just looking at it. Why? Because we all know intuitively, like we innately know that the bear in the zoo is not where he belongs. And that, that bear is not designed to live in this, this dirty, like, eight-by-eight eight cell. No, he's designed to be free. And in the same way, before we know Christ, we are like the bear in the zoo. Just longing for that freedom, longing for our home, longing to be where we were designed to be. And that happy bear that's sitting in the mountains, that's like us when we find Christ. Not that, that all of life is then easy, but all of life then makes sense in view of who God is and in who we are. Because we find our purpose in knowing the one who made us. So the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. The Proverbs says somewhere else that, that fools say in their heart that there is no God. And we are designed to know this God. He made us for himself. You think about like the last time well, let's converse it. So, bear in the zoo. Uh, think about how, how great you feel. I'm being sarcastic there. Think about how terrible you feel after, like, playing video games for, for 15 hours straight. And I know because I've done it before. Like, you just got Cheeto puffs stuck up your nose. And you're just covered in crumbs. And you may have peed yourself a little because you were into the game like, you think about how you feel during the summer when there's nothing going on, and you're just like, okay, I just get to do whatever my flesh wants to do, and I'm going to watch all of the, the Star Wars movies back-to-backs, and that's 24 hours of movies, and it's going to be amazing. And then afterwards, you get there, and you're like, oh, I need a break. We were, we were not designed to watch 24 hours of Star Wars back-to-back. But you think about how you feel after... Like, think about your last good quiet time. Think about your last good small group where you were talking about this God who made you, talking about the one who, who longs for you to know him. You think about the last time you had a, a really great worship experience. Like, you think about Freedom Weekend. How many of you guys were a part of Freedom Weekend? Man, how good was it to worship God together? Like, did, did your heart not come alive, not be filled with joy and happiness at just being able to sing out to the God who made us? The fear of the Lord, knowing, obeying, worshiping our God is the foundation of true wisdom. 
Zach, you guys can go ahead and make your way up here. We're, we're going to wrap up today. Wisdom is all throughout Scripture. And, and like we all know, each of us, myself included, desperately needs more wisdom in our life. And, and in the Proverbs, there are like the keys to so many great uh, doors and pathways. Like there's, there's the keys to, to happiness, to success, to, to wise finances, to great relationships with people. Like there, there are so many different, uh, different avenues that, that it goes over that the Proverbs provide such sound wisdom that we can bet our lives on. So I would encourage you, as we're, we're going to spend the next few weeks in the Proverbs, maybe just ask the Lord, God, what do you, what do you want me to do in the Proverbs? Go ahead and pull out your, your uh, prayer cards there, your brown note cards. We're just going to respond to the Lord here this morning. The most important part of the day is always how we respond to God. It's not just enough to, to hear his words, it's not just enough to hear truth and then leave and forget but God wants us to internalize what he has for us and to, to walk out of here changed and different. I'm just going to reread Proverbs 3.13. It's, happy is the person who finds wisdom, who finds God, the one who gains understanding. And we all want to be happy. It's found in God. It's found in the wisdom that he provides and the fear of the Lord, knowing God, loving him, being loved by him. Man, that is, that is the beginning of true wisdom. So we're just going to ask the Lord one simple, simple question. Then just write out your prayer to him. So, so first, I just want you to ask God. Maybe close your eyes to remove distractions if you want to. But just ask God, God, how do you want me to pursue wisdom in my life? Maybe it isn't reading a proverb of the day. Just committing to that. There's 30 proverbs. Yes, there's 30. I was about to say 31. There's 30 proverbs. So just one each day of the month. Maybe it goes back to fearing the Lord and maybe obeying Him in a, in a new, fresh way. Maybe trusting Him. Maybe honoring Him in a fresh way. However He's calling you to do. Whatever it is, just write it down. And then I just want you to write out your prayer to the Lord. God, I can't change myself. Would you change me? Would you give me wisdom? Would you help me in this situation? Would you help me to grow in, in trusting you and in worshiping and honoring and obeying you? Whatever your prayer is to the Lord, just write it out to him. There is power in prayer because God hears us when we cry out to him. I'll give you a minute to write down. You guys can continue writing, but we're going to respond together. We're going to take communion. It just says, Jesus, thank you that you have saved me from that cowering fear and that because of you, I get to just live in the, the 
healthy, holy, peaceful fear of the Lord. Give our tithes and offerings if you make an allowance or you have a job. Saying, God, I trust you more than I trust my money. And then we're going to worship together. And if we want to grow in fearing the Lord and in, in honoring Him and revering Him, then let's, let's put that into practice and just worship Him with all of our hearts, all of our souls here today. Would you guys pray with me? Jesus, thank you that you love us. Thank you that you are a good Father, that you have pursued us with your love Jesus, thank you that you did not leave us hanging without your word. God, but you gave us this entire book, not just the Proverbs, but your word so that we could get to know you, so we can know what you like, what you don't like, how to live proper lives, how to live wisely. Lord God, you, you care for us so much, and we're so grateful for that. Lord, would you help each of us to pursue wisdom because it's the wisest thing that we could do. Would you help us to pursue fearing you and knowing you and honoring you and respecting you, God? Lord, I pray for each and every one of us in this room that we would feel deeply loved by you and known by you. And then out of that, we would obey you with all of our hearts. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.